You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. The second thing when you're in a situation is this. Identify people within that situation that might have robbed you wrong, off wrongly or something happened or um, maybe something happened you're in a crisis and you feel, oh, this person disappointed me, oh, this person betrayed me, oh, I lost my job, oh, this person lied on me. Identify, all right, people there and make sure the same love that God has for you you extend that love to those people. On these two things lies spiritual breakthrough. There's one, you acknowledge the fact that I'm not judging God by circumstances. God, you love me and I thank you for this love. And I'm going to experience the power of your love here, all right, in this situation, your mercy and everything. Number two, all right, identify people that are in that situation there that you might have robbed you of wrongly. You know, when the Bible says he that hated his brother, that word means loveless, which means something has happened and has diminished your love for that person or you are now of it and it's there. Identify and make up your mind that I'm going to extend God's love. If you do that, if you do that, because every test is actually a test of love. Your love for God all right, which means whether or not you as a person appreciates that God loves you. And number two, the test of, all right, you're extending that love towards people. Now, I get to the second part, all right, of the message, which is what is this love that we're extending to people? And this is very important and liberating here. Now, in the, and I will quote the Greek words. I don't usually do this, but I will do it because so that people is clear. This God kind of love that we extend to others is called in the scriptures, the New Testament, in Greek, it's called agape, which is an agape, or you can define it as an unconditional love. Now, there are four Greek words for love, and what you must understand is the preachers of the Bible originally were Jewish people, so they didn't preach in Greek. The, the, the scriptures were translated from Greek to English, all right? Because Greek was that language they wrote it after so that the whole of the Gentiles will understand. But it was first of all preached there. So when they went to the Greek language and looked at what Paul wrote and looked at what Jesus said and read it, they looked at four Greek words. Now in English, we just say love. So English will have been a very poor language for scripture. Because a lot of meanings in scripture will have been hidden when you just use English. Because we just say love. So this is what I'm saying. You see it. When we just say love your... That's why people go into bondage. You're going to see it. When they say I love people that are in church, people don't really understand what that word means. So they think it's something else. And when they don't, they don't feel like that to other person, they think they're not, no longer walking in the love of Jesus Christ. Now, so there are four Greek words there that mean love. And the first one is called eros. All right? And this is a love between sexes. In other words, when a, when you, a man says or a woman falls in love with each other. All right? It is, it is a love that is between, all right, sexes there. It is physical love. Uh, a, brother doesn't, a brother doesn't have that kind of love for his sister, all right, which means he can't fall in love with his sister. Some other stranger comes and falls in love with his 
all right, sister, or the sister falls in love with a stranger. Do you get what I'm saying here? And they're just walking one day and you just met the person and it, they were overwhelmed by that thing. Do you get what I'm saying here? Love a total stranger, love at first sight. You get what I'm saying here? All right? And they don't want to even talk to anybody. It's on that person's phone call. They want to be taken. Meanwhile, you people that have been investing all your life with the person. All right? That's what is called eros. Do you get what I'm saying here? Okay. Now, the second kind of love is called storge. Okay? All right? Spelled S-T-O-R-G-E. And this has to do with family affection. Now, it's not the same thing as eros. It's a family affection there. All right? Or the love you can have for your nation. Or the love you can have for your team. So when someone says, I'm this, I'm, I'm Arsenal, or I'm you, that's story. All right? It's that love, that affection that they have. Right? You follow what I'm saying there? Okay. All right? Then the third is called filio or philia. And it means to look at someone in an affectionate way. All right? Love of friendship or even that which exists between a husband and a wife. So, you know when people say, marry your friend, what they are saying is, make sure that when you have eros, that there's filio. Do you get what I'm saying here? That's what they actually say. They are saying that those two loves, types of love must be there. There has to be attraction, but there also, which is chemistry, but there has to be that you can, so, because they will tell you that eros is not what you are going to live by inside the house, you have to be what? Friends, okay? So it's called filio, all right? It means to cherish someone, okay? All right, so you can understand in a church, it is wrong for somebody to have eros for, for somebody else's wife. Do you, you get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So there are different types, but these are all valid loves, though, all right? It's also, you cannot tell somebody inside a church to say that because they are brethren in church, the same love between blood brothers and sisters, they must have it. You can't now. Are you, do you get what I'm saying here? If you have your brother and sister in church here, if they don't say some things, they can move aside. And you have to respect that. You always can't say, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, anything you are saying inside your family, I'm most here. Do you get what I'm saying here? All right? It is, those are, those are now, now, you mustn't make a mistake here. Those are valid and tangible expressions of love. But agape love, all right, which is the God kind of love, all right, is different. Now, I'm going to read directly from writings of uh, Greek scholars concerning it so we understand clearly. When they wanted to translate the Greek word love in the scriptures, now understand this, none of those words were suitable, and there was a reason why. Eros had to do with the lower side of love, which was physical attraction. Storge had to do with family affection, and it never had the width, all right, that the conception of Christian love demands, which means it could only exist within a family. So it didn't have that width. Now, get this here. Philio dealt with warm affection for one that is near and dear. Which means for you to have filio, you have to be close. You are friends, near and dear, we are classmates, we are this. Near, it's a click. All right? But Christianity needed a more inclusive word. The Christian love had width and had depth. That's why it tells us in Ephesians, I may know the length, the breadth, so it is wide. All right? It must extend 
beyond your nearest and dearest, which is it extends before beyond. You must extend that law beyond your, your family, all right? Our kith kin, our friends, and those that love us. The Christian love, all right, must extend, which is agape, to Christian fellowship, to the neighbor, which means your neighbors, those you are in fellowship with in church, to your enemies, and to the world. All right, which means that it is, so, you know, when people talk about, sometimes, what they're, what they're saying is not Christian love. When, when they say, well, um, 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 now, Christian love doesn't mean, we'll see this, it doesn't mean you must have, because it has nothing to do with feelings. It doesn't mean you must have the feelings of being a friend of somebody. Do you get what I'm saying here? It doesn't, doesn't approve with feelings. All right, we'll see this. It's not, it's not, it's not the, that feeling here. So, so a person might, like, as a pastor, I might like people inside the church. Do you get what I'm saying? Which means I like them as friends. I like to be around these people here. But I must show agape love to everybody. Do you get what I'm saying here? Okay. Now, so, ordinary words for love here mean an expression of an emotion. The Christian love isn't that. Ordinary love expresses an experience that comes to us unsought and in a way inevitable. Agape, the God kind of love, has to do with the will. It is a principle by which we deliberately live. Agape has to do with the will. It is a conquest, understand it, an achievement overriding how we feel about something that happened. So if it's just filial here, and this is where the problem can come in marriages, because once you don't understand the agape dimension to it, and it's filial, and somebody in a marriage or in a friendship says something to you that hurts you, that tampers with that emotional feeling there, there's nothing else to rely with. The gap begins to start. It is only agape that can override that feeling as an act of will. Uh, do you get what I'm saying here? Yeah. Which means, I don't feel like doing this, but I override it. When I got up for that guy in the seat, I didn't feel like doing it, but it, you, it is a conquest. It is, in fact, the, po the power to love the unlovable. To love people whom we do not like. You know, I went to preach somewhere recently, and there was a member of church who went, came to sing there. And when they were going to introduce him, just before he sang, all right, so it's in a city outside Lagos, the pastor, she said something, and, and it was deep. She said, oh, I want to invite you and so to come and sing. She said, you know, we like him in this church. She said, we invite people that we don't necessarily like, but we love. But we, we don't just love him. We do what? Like him again. What she's saying is, our commandment is to show agape to everybody, but for him, we also have filial. In other words, there is an affection that we have for him. Do you get what I'm saying here? All right? But you are not commanded to like everybody. What many people are calling love is, I don't like this person. You don't have to like the person. It's not everybody you can like, but you must love everybody. Now, so I will define what that love is. So you don't have to like. So I might not like hanging around somebody, but, all right, I must demonstrate the love of God towards that person. But it will be terrible for you to marry somebody you don't like. 
Do you see that one there? Because then you are in what? Trouble. Because all you are doing is agape love. Agape love. Agape love. Uh -huh. So, Christianity doesn't ask us to love, sorry, Christianity doesn't ask us to love our enemies and to love men, all right, at large in the same way that we love our nearest and dearest. Those who are closest to us. That will be impossible and it's wrong. That's not the commandment of love. But it does demand that we should at all times have a certain attitude of the mind and a certain direction of the will towards men no matter who they are. This is, no matter what a person is like, you must always seek the highest good of that person. So what is telling me is this. In a nutshell, I'm going to say here that even if you have treated me wrongly that made me feel somehow, I must override that feeling and keep myself in a state that there's an attitude of mind that I have and there's a direction, all right, I've directed, I have goodwill towards you such that I am seeking your highest good. If I get into a place where you don't even know about, and I see an opportunity there, and I believe that you, all right, will be good for this opportunity, and you can do the job, even though you said something nasty to me yesterday, I will pick up the call and call you and say, there's an opportunity for you here. Come and take it. Do you get what I'm saying? That I will seek your what? Highest, you know, somebody did something. I told him one time, I called him, I said, Hey, I'm, I'm, we're doing midweek service. This was many years ago. I said, Come and preach. He said, Pastor, I think you made a mistake on the call. It's me you are talking to. I said, What? I said, It's you now. Isn't this your name? I said, You should come and preach. He said, It's me. I think it's a mistake. I said, What? I said, It's because of what happened. Said, ah. that, that what happened is it doesn't change the fact that I see that you're an anointed person. You did that to me. You didn't do it to the body of Christ. I will handle my own. Do you understand what I'm saying? That you seek the person's what? Highest good. Not that you now carry that feeling. Do you get what I'm saying? Instead of overriding the feeling, you carry that feeling and now begin to destroy things. So, it is an unconquerable benevolence, which means you can't conquer my goodwill towards you. Do you get what I'm saying? You can't conquer, no matter what you do to me. If you are in trouble, I will help you. You can't conquer that. So you could see Abraham after his, that, that is Pharaoh, after his nephew went and took the land and ran into trouble. Ah, he could have said, okay, you have entered now. We are in there, you know. When an old man speaks, a young man should listen. You can say that. You will see now. Why you see pepper? But he gathered, which means he sought the highest good of Lot. All right? He wasn't happy that the land that Lord chose eventually ended him that way. Do you get what I'm saying? He risked his own household to help him. When there was trouble of judgment, God knew that there is agape here. I can call this guy to intercede for this person. So you may not be friends with that person that hurt you. You may not sit down with that person. You may give the person the opportunity for the job and great vegetables. Oh, can I call you? No, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Because really, me and you don't jail. Do you get what I'm saying here? But it doesn't mean that if I see something, I will not be there for you. But you see, what people are calling love is, uh, let's be homies. 
And then they offend themselves. In, that's why people will say things like, ah, church people, church people, church people. It's what they were doing in church is homies. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Agape means after they have done you, you now override that feeling with agape love and have goodwill. Look, somebody came to meet me on the plane. All right? It was you know, yeah, yeah. one of the hostess. So she came to greet me. This flight. And she said, ah, Pastor, how are you? She said, I knew the, the, the pastors. I joked. I said, why didn't I be a pastor? She now looked at the book. Isn't it a, 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 I know you now. She now said, I go to this church. I said, I, I said, but I listen to you. You know, you are so blessing so much. You know, I could have said, ah, we have a church in Abuja too. I come every Thursday. That's where I'm coming from. You know, I can say that now. Are you next? Do you live in Abuja? Yeah, I, I come every Thursday. I told her, I said, listen, that church you go to is a very, very good church. It's a very solid church. All right? That is, you are not, do you get what I'm saying here? Aha. You are seeking the highest good of a person. I may not see that pastor for three years, for four years, but you are seeking that person's word, highest good. But you can be doing homophilia with the person. That's why the Bible says a man's enemies are those of his house. What he's trying to say is that the person, you know, is people you are closest to that you offend the most. Now, and if people don't understand agape, they won't be overriding those feelings. Those feelings will be bottled up inside them. The day it comes out. So it's an unconquerable benevolence. An invisible goodwill. Invisible meaning not that we can't see it, but that it is too powerful to be defeated or to be overcome. In other words, nothing you want to do. That's why those that go and start cursing their enemies, they're out of love. That's why Jesus said, love them. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that do what? Despisefully use you. Bless them that do what? Curse you. Which means no matter what they do to you, your nature should be what? Love. And that if you maintain your benevolence and goodwill towards people, it's going to lead to a breakthrough. But if you allow their evil now to injure you to the point where you now become, I know, once you allow it into yourself, you'll be worse than the person that stabbed you. Are you following what I'm saying so there's a difference between, all right, agape love and filio. So sometimes people say, ah, you have it. No, Jesus in his ministry, he liked, they said it now. He, well, well, it was John that wrote it, yeah. So, you know, we don't know. But, but John wrote that he was the beloved of, all right. I mean, parents say it every time. Uh, no, no, I, I like all children the same. I, I, there's one child they may like more than another. There's nothing wrong with that. So long as they are fear to all. Oh, are you following what I'm saying here? All right? I tell my mother, I'm the one she likes the most. She argues. She, uh, I, I mean, you can't even argue when your husband is saying that's the child you like the most. All right? But it's okay. Uh, do you get what I'm saying? But she's fair to what? Everybody. Uh, do you, you get what I'm saying here? But to say that somebody shouldn't like somebody more than another person, they just get along with that person. But it doesn't mean that if you want to give a job, you now look at likeness to give the job. That, then you're now getting into partiality. If this person is the best, you should use your likeness to tell that person that, look, I like you very much. Go and do these courses. Improve your skill. Because I am seeking your word, highest good. Are you following what I'm saying here? If you believe that giving to a person is not always seeking their highest good, 
if you feel that my giving to you is enabling bad behavior, you stop the giving because you are seeking that person's what? Highest good. But you see, when people don't understand that, they just say love is giving. They just give it. But the Bible says we should love. They just give it. What you are doing is you are seeking the highest. It's just like saying that a parent that looks at the child and the child says, I just want to be eating chocolates every day. You can't do that because you are seeking what? The highest good. Now, no matter the tantrums the child throws, that's your problem. All right? This is the position. So you can say agape is tough love too. That's why the Bible says, whoever any, any son that he loves, he chastises. Because he's looking for your what? Highest good. When Paul told them, he said, separate yourself from this brother, he said, because if you don't, he will not repent. He was looking for his what? Highest good. In other words, so that his soul can be what? Saved. If you do homie, homie, that's filio, not agape. So, once you don't understand that, agape is not an emotion, no. It's decision. Act of the will. Uh, you get what I'm saying? We'll never say an unkind word about somebody. We'll never, if a person is in trouble, we'll never tell that person that you can't make it. It, it, is, it, it, we'll get it. it believes all things, hopes all things. All right? Endures. It's, that's the way. But it is an unconquerable benevolence that the Bible says about God. He says, who causes rain to fall upon the ungrateful? That's, it doesn't change his attitude, all right, towards that. This person is a person of ingratitude, but he says, look, that doesn't mean we won't help the person. The person never says thank you. Doesn't mean that. You know, when witchcraft wants to happen, they want to influence some of the witch, witchcraft. What they do first is to offend you. When you get offended, then you enter into a place of darkness and you're not susceptible to, all right, influences. So no matter what they do to you, make sure that your own heart stays in that place there of goodwill. So it takes internal strength. It's a spiritual thing that you do. And let me just close it. Romans chapter 12 and verse 18. If it be possible, as much as it lies with you, live peaceably with all men. Okay. Then, I mean, sometimes the highest good is that we should go our different ways. Do you get what I'm saying here? I mean, if you have somebody you brought into your house and it's causing trouble every time, destabilizing you emotionally, they too are destabilized emotionally. Listen, it's not every part of the body that must be close to themselves. In fact, if you, they become to get, God told me once, he said pain will come. If you want to move the heart to where the stomach is, you, there'll be a problem. So, they can be apart, but still be working for the same purpose and contributing into their lives. So Abraham, when he saw strife, because some people don't, they don't like, they want people to be around them and you'll be trouble, you'll be, they'll be pouring trouble into their life, causing emotional depression, and say, you're a Christian, you're a Christian, you're a Christian. When Abraham saw strife, he said, let there be no strife. I'm seeking your word, highest good. He said, take anyone you want, highest good. So highest good is, I can go and get a house, a apartment for you, small one, because it can't be as big as the one, because you are, it's by yourself. Uh, I get it for you, so that you have peace, and I have what? Peace. There, I will be praying for you, interceding for you. Even if you can't pay the rent, I will transfer. 
to the landlord. We don't have to see ourselves, but we are praying so that you can discover your path and I can do what? Discover my path. And I will not deny you any opportunity in life because of what happened between us. I will not backbite. I won't say anything. Nobody's going to. Do you get what I'm saying? So let's look at what it says. Close it. Romans um, 12. So it says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but uh, give place to wrath. Vengeance is mine, I will repay. That's why it says, if you're, next verse, all right, therefore if your enemy be hungry, feed him. If he be thirsty, give him to drink. In doing so, he shall heap coals of fire. The coals of fire means it's in form of intercessory prayer. So you're doing that, you're praying for that person. Okay? And then, look at next verse, it says, be not overcome of what? Evil. So it's, 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 so you see, if you allow somebody who is offending you to change the way you now behave, you have been overcome with what? Evil. That's warfare gone. And we just do warfare. But warfare really is you overcoming evil that way with love. It's a conquest. It says, but overcome, all right, evil there with good. That's why I say, when people get up and say, well, uh, somebody did not promote me. I mean, you just think about what you're saying. If it's not that, that is witchcraft. I don't know what witchcraft is. JJ, they were running their company without you. They were doing very well without you. That means they went to hire a witch or a wizard because what happens is that they hired you. Then they did a promotion exercise there. They didn't put your name. Then you say, today, you will know in this office who I am. Isn't that, isn't that a witch? Isn't that a witch or wizard? What, what, they, they were, if, if you were not there, they will continue their company now. And they'll be doing what they're doing. And you see, Chris, I said, I took off all my clothes at 12 midnight and began to make pronouncements. You will see by tomorrow morning who you are dealing with. And we say that. And people accept that. And they say, and I heard someone say that, said, the woman lost her pregnancy. If that's not a witch, what's that? Witchcraft. They, so they, that means they just use their hand to go and bring a witch or wizard into their company. Who is causing problem? And if they go to God in prayer, they will just see your face. <laughs> that's, that's the Jonah in the boat. Carry that person out of this place. That's what we are doing. It's an unconquerable. So Joseph went through that, which means they treated him in a certain way. That's what he was saying to his brothers. When he helped them, you can see unconquerable what? Benevolence. When he helped them. And, and, and that's who will be the greatest among is that person that shows that unconquerable benevolence. When they came to me and said, you meant it for evil, God turned it around for good. I will still show to you, all right? Which means you just brought me to a higher level. I was going to be this to you in, the, my father's, in our father's company, but now I'm doing this on a global level. All you did was to push me into the right space. But this is who I am, and it's the same thing I will do. You get what? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word and by the power of your spirit as that you establish us in this truth and cause us to take deep root in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. This podcast is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.